And this one is um, super juicy because who are you to get your head in someone else's wallet and decide what's of value to them? Yes, I think so. I think I can do it. Okay, do you think you can double that, right? In, in a year? Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, I think I can. And at the end, she ended up uh, signing up, right? I should have called in the seminar and be like, hey, where's my commission? <laughs> but... <laughs> Staying present with that person and holding them accountable to what they already said. I can't remember who said it, but there was um, a master coach who said, you can't coach on what your client doesn't say. We've got some hey, fresh, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening you to the Content is Profit podcast. Where we talk about entrepreneurship, mindset, and of course, how to turn your content into profit. But most importantly, we are here to have a good time with you, baby. So go to contentsprofit.com to get started today and join the community. That was smooth. Finally. So we, got, we got this version done. Yeah. Right. It took us like five times to get this version right. But hey, we've hey. done it. Hey. Good job. What are we talking about today? Now that this was so smooth. That's true. Today we're talking all about making revenue growth predictable. Woo! Yes, this please. is going to be yes, an please. awesome topic. Tell me more. I know. All right. Hey, um, do we have a sponsor today? Great question, good sir. Indeed, we do have a sponsor. Yes. Today's sponsor is your own Biz Bros. Yes, That's we sponsor right. our own podcast with Content Momentum. And you might be asking yourself, what is Content Momentum? Well, if you produce a long-form piece of content just like this one that you're listening to or watching, and you want to leverage your time and your effort and produce daily consistent content, we are here to help you out with your fractional content team. So make sure you slide in the DMs at this Bros Co on Facebook, on Instagram. We are ready to help you out. That's right. And if you are enjoying these episodes every Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform so you don't miss anything and you can take action and grow your business and also your life. That is right. And if today's guest helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode with three friends. That is your ticket of admission and and leave a five-star review. Thank you. I have a question for you. How would it feel to double your business every year for the next three years? Mm. Yes, that's exactly what today's guest has done for the last three years. You know what to do, pen and paper. Today's guest mm. will help you stand out in the coaching and consulting industry with a unique value proposition while sharing the lessons that have generated millions in revenue for her clients. Oh, baby, can't wait. She is the CEO of The Great Do-Over, founder of Launch Lab for Women Entrepreneurs and host of the Life After Corporate podcast. She is the real deal. That is right. Please welcome, and I apologize in advance because her last name <laughs> is French and the pronunciation <laughs> is very unique, the one and only Deborah. Bullinger. <laughs> hey, you guys did that so, so, so well. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I was nervous there for a little bit. I started sweating. I was like, oh, is the pronunciation going to be okay? But I'm glad, Deborah, you made it here. We're so excited. And thank you so much. Oh, such a pleasure to be here with you guys. You're so much fun. I appreciate it. Uh, I think the the fun is on this side only. Alfonso, <laughs> sometimes you know he can he can be you know sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we'll it, it happens once in a while. So, Deborah, we got connected, but the the one and only Adam Scheibel. He's been on the podcast. He's absolutely amazing. I feel like 
right now Adam has he he's in the top of the leaderboard of <laughs> yeah. recommended guests for this podcast. So thank you, Adam. Shout out for you. Yeah. But for those that don't know you, Deborah, right? We have a conversation before. I've met you. We had a previous call. But for those that don't know who Deborah is, can you share a little bit about your story and how did you get to where you are right now? Yeah. So um, you know, I was a good corporate citizen. You know, I, I drank the Kool-Aid that you went to college, you got a job, um, you moved around a little bit in your job and you climbed that corporate ladder. And that worked for me until it didn't. I, I spent 20 years in product development, product management, product marketing, which means I'm selling services. I'm creating and selling services in that space. And then I decided that I wanted to live more of my life. I had a son who was 13 and You know, I had never been to many of his soccer games and all the stuff that was going on in his life. So I decided to make the leap and start my own coaching business. Wow. I I love it. So part of the people that listen to, including us, <laughs> it's uh, we from the very beginning, probably we, we rejected corporate uh, or like that. The, the, the idea of, of corporate from a very early stage, especially us, we're like, We're not gonna go there, right? And we 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 didn't. We just found different different ways to kind of finance our, our adventure so far, right? But there's a lot of people that might be in that position that that made that choice. Like, what what drove you first to drive that choice? And then obviously, how was like, how were you able to make that final decision? Obviously, your son and your family was a big driver. But like, what do you remember the moment yeah. you made that decision to fully transition? Yeah, I do. Um, and um, I was hitting burnout. And personally, I was getting a divorce in real life. And with that son being 13, I just wanted to be a rock for him, really, for whatever mm. transition was, was going to happen. And I just knew that I had enough knowledge that I'd accumulated in the, the 20 years or so that I'd been in the corporate world. And I knew how to package price, sell things and, and market. And so it was um, easy. I mean, now I, I wake up in the morning and I don't know if you guys do this too. It's just like I pinch myself that I get to create. I get to create services and I yeah. get to be on air and podcasts like this and give webinars and meet with people one-on-one -on -one or in groups and invite them to join me and they pay me for what I do. And And I think it's the sweetest deal in the universe. And if everyone knew how sweet it was, more people would do it. And it would be an even more crowded channel than it is already. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's, it is a, a blessing to, you know, step into that role and be like, wow, I get to do something that I'm passionate about and help other people with this as well, right? And don't get me wrong, there's obviously ups and downs, yeah. plenty of challenges. Yeah. I mean, lately I've had a few conversations with some friends and when I go to the challenges side of the conversation, I tell them like, hey, mm -hmm. yeah, it is tough, but I wouldn't change it for anything. Like the level of growth that I've achieved just because of going through those experiences has been absolutely amazing. So, you know, talking about ups and downs, I'm sure you've had many once you left that corporate world, right? What Maybe what oh, has yeah. had been a few of the most remarkable challenges you've had to conquer throughout your journey. You know, I think, you know, making money, right? So let's be honest. This is not um, a path for people who are risk adverse and you need to be able to mm. fund your transition and pay yourself or pay your bills while you're building up the momentum in your business. But, um, you know, secret 
that I'll reveal is that I started my business as a health coach. Hmm. Um, I had gone through that midlife transition and decided to get super healthy. And I was so passionate about health and wellness and spiritual, physical, emotional health that I started coaching women who were reinventing themselves in midlife. That's where yeah. the great do-over came from. And then what I noticed is because I had been divorced and started dating again, that there were a lot of women out there who were super afraid or they had all these stories about what would happen when they went out and started dating again. You know, they were saying, oh, all the good men are already taken or men my age only want to date younger women. And so I started coaching women who were going back to dating after 40. And so that was one path I went down until it was, it was like a really tough road. Like that, <laughs> that was really tough. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that was a, a tough line of business. And then I realized after my son had gone to college that with all the on- entrepreneurs I had been around, they really struggled with finding their value proposition, mm. marketing their services mm. and uh, putting a price on that and learning how to sell. Because you guys know when you start your own business, you are content creation, your product development, your sales, your marketing, your human resources, your finance, your all of those things. And so I came equipped with a lot of skills and how to find that gap in the market that everyone else is missing so that you can create a product that really sells. And that um, once I discovered that and I started testing it out with a few of the women entrepreneurs that I was that I had in my circle, they were like, oh, my yeah. God, Deb, where were you when we first got started? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Can I can I throw a little comment in there before sure. before you ask the, the next smart question? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> You, you mentioned it. we've actually kind of like touched base on this in a few episodes of the podcast, which is serving your journey, right? It's like while you're going through, you notice so clearly there are problems in here and I want to I want to solve them. I want to help the people that are, you know, maybe one, two steps behind me with what I'm doing. And that is so important to recognize that. And I feel like it's such a natural thing because. Again, we have stages in our life where, you know, that, that, that stage of your life, you were, you know, out dating and, and learning about these problems that other women had. And now you evolve and you pivot as well. And you're in a different journey and you're helping people as well. You are, you know, two, three or like a hundred steps ahead of the people that you're, that you're trying to help as well. But I just find that so incredible because especially for people that are trying to do that transition, right? Mm-hmm. And let's call it that transition from the corporate world to the entrepreneurial world. What is probably one of the easiest way to find what to sell? Look at your journey, right? What, what stage in your journey have you been passionate about that you can look back at and, and say, wow, there are problems surrounding that area that many people have that I could potentially serve them, right? And I think that's a good stepping stone a first stepping stone to actually build a business that's actually kind of like how it happened to us when we transitioned into the digital world yeah absolutely i think like with with the story that you shared right like there's a moment where you know you start with something because it's the the thing that's connected to you right it's the thing that you're doing and and you're sharing and people are like how do you do that right for example for us it's like how do you guys run the show how do you guys do it live how do you guys do it three times a week like all these questions right caffeine Um, that's the (laughs) answer lots of (laughs) (laughs) um and then obviously there's there's different sections of the thing that we do but a a lot of questions as soon as we started being consistent that's what was happening but also you also recognized that maybe for you 
that market or that solution did not fit like it, it was the perfect it wasn't the perfect fit for you so you adapt it right and that's okay and I, sometimes you know we've gone through this where when it was a decision to actually decide on on content momentum and the thing that we do now for the last two years was really hard for us to mm -hmm. let go of the other things because it was <laughs> yeah. like it was like I, I, the second moment again be like oh my gosh like we're doing all these things but like if we let go of that like we let it go of our jobs before what's gonna happen right and it's like it's that trust how what is like a mental yeah. framework that you go through uh to do that do you have you have you had that experience multiple times or it was just that one time and then you kind of deep dive into the solution that you provide now yeah well first of all i want to go back and say i got the guy and i launched the business yes standing ovation standing ovation from the crowd <laughs> And, um, you know, what I realized is, you know, people get tripped up no matter what, what area of the world you're, you're helping to solve, whatever problem you're helping to solve, you know, for, uh, in the online dating world, it was like, oh, the last time I dated people met at parties and bars, and there was no such thing as, as hinge or Tinder or okay Cupid. And so I had learned how to kind of game the algorithms to get mm. better results. So I could teach that to other people. Yeah. But what happens when we leave, leave a job and we go to launch a business is we're so focused on what's new that we're doing is that we forget all of the, the years of experience that we have that we brought to this new situation. And so for me, when I looked at it and, and saw that, oh, you know, what I could really help with, what would get me super excited to get out of bed in the morning is to help um, other entrepreneurs launch and grow their businesses to mm. be financially successful and financially independent. And for women, I think that was especially important, especially after divorce. I saw so yeah. many women yeah. just lose everything when they lost that relationship. So part of me saw that but also saw that, um, you know, I had done decades of market research. And if I can give your viewers one thing to take away is too often we come up with what we think is a good idea. And then we put it out there in the marketplace and no one wants to buy it. There's crickets, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think doing the due diligence and creating demand before you start building out supply, making sure people want to buy what you're selling is the very first step in being successful in entrepreneurship. I mm. So, so how, how do we go about doing that? Right. And I, and I love this because I remember very clearly uh, the very first big investment that we mm -hmm. did in, in ourself and in the business, right. This mentorship or mentor said, you got to leave your ego aside. You mm -hmm. cannot just say, I'm going to build this and then I'm just going to put it out into the world, right? Because it could be a wasted effort, yeah. right? You need to let the market vote with their wallet because that that's different, different things as well. You can show up with a product and tell them, hey, what do you think about this? And somebody can tell you, oh, it's absolutely amazing, but then you can ask them to buy and they can be like, oh, not right now. Thank you, right? Or maybe later. And you're like, <laughs> okay, well, there's some sort of dissonance in there between what, what you're telling me and your action. So let them vote with their wallet. So I, I love this, right? So how do we go about doing this due diligence and finding out what is it that we can put out into the market? You ask, you ask your clients, what's your biggest challenge? So you guys are all about content for profit, right? So what is your biggest challenge with making money from the content that you produce? Yeah, absolutely. You know? 
those open-ended questions and being a really curious listener. So the first step is really be curious, Mm. you know, get to know the people that you think you want to serve. And in that process, you'll get to know who's an ideal client and who's not. I I mean, I'm sure you guys have experience working with people that were just like nightmares to work with and you never want to repeat that experience. And then there are other clients that you work with where you wake up in the morning, you see that they're on your calendar and um, you say, oh my God, yay, I get to work with Deb today. She's so much fun. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of what it's about is finding out what makes your clients tick. And if you do a great job, I just had um, my Launch Lab cohort today and we were talking about this and I gave an example of what really good market research looks like. So when you do a good job of asking questions and you start spotting the patterns, people will say the same things over and over again. Yeah. You know, people will say, you know, I have all this stuff on my Instagram feed. I mean, I'm just channeling what you guys might be thinking. Yeah. I have all this stuff on my Instagram feed, but none of it's paying off. I can't figure out what's what's work not working and what is working. Yeah. And so that's a, a key indicator that your clients don't understand how to use content to engage with their audience. And mm-hmm. maybe they've um, bought Maybe they've bought followers. Maybe they have hired a social media person, but they're still not getting that traction. And so having those conversations, you get to uncover what's the challenge. What have they already tried? What have they already invested in solutions that don't work? What looks like the right solution to them? So you could say, hey, I've got this package deal, but what your clients really want is more handholding. Mm. You know, they want more coaching. They want more mentoring. Yeah. Well, that's a higher end solution. So if you uncover that gap and you're the only one who's offering it, guess what? You get to stand out in your market. You get to charge a premium price and you get to own that space for being that person who delivers this great level of education, service and results. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I, I I love this aspect of it because. And here's like when we first started, we had seven different things, right? That came from maybe like 20, 30 conversations that we had at the time with the people that we were dealing with, small business, like gyms, dentists, like that, that kind of business, right? And each one of them needed something different. At the time, we were freelancing and we we're like, okay, we'll execute on that and we'll execute on this. And we ended up with seven different things, right? And then we had the really hard conversation of, well, what people, even though we enter like with these things, they always go back to content, Right. The people like, well, we want more content and we want more and this and that for their whatever reasons that they had at the time. And we're like, we had to sit down and we're like, Fonzie was really adamant on going the email route. Right. He was like, I really want to try the email side of things. And then I was like, well, content is really like what people keep asking. And we had like this this discussion of like, where do we go? And ultimately is what people were asking. So we decided to do that because that was the that was the second the second thing that we really enjoyed my first thing, but Fonzie's second thing, and he really enjoys writing. And we're like, okay, the commitment was that. And then that led us to the path of like, okay, perfect. And as soon as we launched the show, same thing, feedback of people that consume that type of content that do that, they started asking questions. And, you know, for mm-hmm. us, uh, we were just having this this conversation yesterday when, when I called you. It's like, we now have people in a group and we're like, let's ask them this series of questions and we're trying to figure out those questions to find out what the the real need is right the first need is consistency right with the people that that try to 
publish, right? That's that, that's the first friction point. Um, and then it's like, okay, how do they need support? Maybe it's a community. Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's not the maybe it's not the service, right? What is what comes before the service? And so so that has been like the game in the last like, couple of months, and it has been pretty interesting. It's been it's been fun to kind of find that out as well. Um, yeah. Can I can I go in there real quick? There, there's something sure. that you mentioned multiple times, and before asking this question, I gotta make reference mm -hmm. to. I can tell you are a master salesman. Like <laughs> the way you just explain, <laughs> you just explain this is is it's amazing, right? The way on discovering, uh, you know, it can be reason on how how you're discovering people's pain, what they try, their journey that they've had, all this to figure out what is the right option for them that is going to help them mm -hmm. achieve their goals, right? At the end of the day, our job is to help them achieve their goals. And sometimes we might not be the right fit for them, right? And we just need to help them make the right decision. That being said, I know, and we've had such a difficult time with this, specifically when we're starting, is how do we price our services, right? How yeah. do we, like, what is our offer going to look like? And you've mentioned right now, since kind of like the very beginning of the conversation, right? Since your corporate world that you knew how to package, price, and sell. And I think that is something that you've leveraged that skill and you brought it with you into the entrepreneurial world. And now I know it's a big part of what you do. You actually have a kind of, I, I don't remember the exact name, but it's like that calculator, that you use as your oh, lead yeah, magnet for people. Oh, yeah, the pricing calculator. Yeah, the pricing calculator, right? And I think that is amazing. I think that is an incredible tool because we struggle with that. It's like, okay, how much are we going to charge for this? And the first thing to do is like, oh, let me check what the competitors are doing. Guess what? Right, like, you're, right. you're, And you're just getting in the same bucket as they are instead yeah. of let me see how I can, you know, over... Uh, deliver to the people that I'm trying to serve and charge that premium. So I'm curious when it comes to package pricing and selling, right? I, and I can tell you're dancing over here. The secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like what is it that helped these entrepreneurs finally figure it out? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to start with what not to do. Right. And you mentioned number one, you know, the first thing people usually do is look at the market and say, you know, well, well, what are other people charging? What will the market bear? And um, like you said, you're spot on Fonzie um, with you're going to look like sound like price like everyone else. And so you you're indistinguishable from anyone else in the marketplace. Right. The second thing they do is they charge by the hour. Right. And mm -hmm. um, I know I'm speaking to some people out there who are who just went oh, I charge <laughs> by the hour yep. um, because no one's buying your time. Mm -hmm. And when you charge by the hour, people start um, counting up the number of hours that you've put in and they start evaluating the results based on the time that you've put in or they hesitate calling you because they don't want to rack up more hours and rack up more fees. And so it's really a lose lose situation for both of you, both you and the client. And the other uh, major mistake that people make when they price their services is they price based on what they think their client can afford. Mm. And this one is um, super juicy because who are you to get your head in someone else's wallet and yeah. decide what's of value to them? So when we get our, when we decide for someone else 
what they can afford, we actually rob them of the ability to invest in themselves, to improve themselves, to get something that they desperately want because our ego got in the way, our self-esteem got in the way, and we said, oh no, I can't ask this person to charge that. So um, those are the three pricing mistakes, mm, wow. uh, three yeah. out of, of five. Those are the, the big, big, big ones. And so how you price is based on, are you ready? Do you yeah. have a drum roll? Uh, oh, we can't give you one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You so go. how you price your services is based on your return on advantage, your ROA. Mm-hmm. So um, let me unpack this a little bit for you. Your ROA is the result that your ideal client gets from working with you. And it mm. might not be an immediate return on investment like, oh, uh, you did content for us for six months. What was our result of that? It's the result of that impact over time. All right. So if I give you, if I teach you the skills of how to identify the unmet market need, uh, how to package price message your services, what is the ultimate value of that to you as a business owner? For, for us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it, anyone. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What would, what's the ultimate value of that? That it, exponential. I mean, <laughs> it, it, like a lot, probably like, a, I don't know if a number comes to mind, but it's like, it's something that could last many, many years. Right. And you can take that with you. And, exactly. Exactly. I knew I liked you, Luis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank God. Like, okay. Yes. Success. <laughs> Um, yes, yes, yes. It's the exponential value over time. And mm. so I just do a little mental math when I'm pricing, right? So if I'm, if I'm pricing a service at say $5,000, my mental math is, can I get that person 10 X that investment, uh, within a particular period of time? Will they learn enough here that they can go off and generate 10 times the amount that they invested in me yeah. within, let's say a year to 18 months at mm. most, so Excellent. that's kind of what I, I think about. And when you start having these conversations with your ideal clients in those or your prospects in these sales situations, then you'll automatically stand out because you're elevating the conversation beyond hours and output. You're talking yeah. about what is the end result that your client really wants and what's the business or personal reason that they want it. Yeah. Because even if you're selling to businesses, you're selling to human beings and yeah. human beings make emotional decisions. Yeah, absolutely. As, as you're explaining this, uh, I'm going in my head through obviously the sales opportunities maybe that we've had. And also, um, I'm, I'm kind of like on the operating side as well, like helping with the team and like the process. Right? For example, this morning on a, in our daily huddle, we had uh, I made a comment about the, the sheet where we track all the projects and it's divided in different sections, right? And then the idea was to consolidate everything into like one section alone because the time that we lose in communication or like transitioning those tasks to different things because it's manual now, oh, yeah. exponentially, right? It's going to save us a ton of time. So we're interested in, okay, how many, how many more projects can we take on in a month, two months, three months, five, six, 12 months, right? If we do this change, this week, for example, right? And then I remember Fonzie had a really awesome conversation with one of our guests. And uh, this guy is like an expert cold caller, right? And uh, and we're talking about the content. And uh, 
we did a live role play. I think it was, was it on his platform? Yeah, on his podcast. On his show. He's like, why don't you sell me right now? And we're the sounds good. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, for him, his superpower is cold calling, right? So the conversation that we had was, okay, how many, how, how many, how many hours are you investing today uh, or a week in creating your content, you know, the multi-purposing aspect of it, distribution. And it was something like three, four hours, like a week at that, at that point, right? Sounds good. Like how many calls can you make in three or four hours, right? And then we went down that route and it was like, for him, it was such a, like the picture was so clear. Mm-hmm. We ended up signing and, and we ended up working <laughs> with him, like, it, which was a very, it was a success <laughs> story. But, um, do you know, those are things that maybe we should be doing more as well. But sometimes... Mm-hmm. It slips through. What do you think? Like sometimes it slips through. We 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 go back to default. Maybe is it the is in the indoctrination that we had, or like because we're not familiar with sales, or we're not familiar with the service. Like, do you see this problem with the people that you help? Well, you know, sales is a, a tricky thing because it's hard not to let your self esteem get caught up in the fact that people are buying you, right? And I think if you flip it, what worked for the accelerator clients this week was that, um, you know, it's not about you when you're in a sales conversation, it's all about the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you are a conduit. So you have to be good. And, and obviously, that uh, podcast host where you were a guest on was very, very skilled in the discovery process of what was it that you needed? What was it want, that you wanted? What would motivate you? And you also have to be skilled at helping people get out of their own way because there's all sorts of resistance to being sold, right? Yeah, we we yeah. all have been pitched in our you know, Facebook Messenger or LinkedIn Messenger feed. Yeah. And it's um, crazy how much, how many people are just trying to pitch you. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. engaging people in meaningful conversation and not making it about you, but making it about them yeah, and yeah. helping them get past their internal boundaries, um, not boundaries, their internal resistance. Yeah to investing in themselves. I don't know if guys have the same thing or not, because I sell mostly to women, but um, women just don't invest in themselves. I mean, they'll Mm. buy anything for their kids. They'll help out anyone at the drop of a hat. But when it comes to investing in themselves, they tend to have a lot of resistance around that. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I remember uh, this was about maybe three years ago. My girlfriend, she was at... I think it was like a seminar or something like that. And the the main person that was hosted the event, she was selling her accelerator. I think it was like $5,000 for the year. And I remember she called me and she was like, this sounds amazing, but I don't know if I should do it. I, like She just gave me all of the resistance, right? <laughs> and I was like, is it going to help you achieve your goal, right? Do you think it's going to, just the conversation that we have right now, do you think you can at least recover those $5,000 with what you're going to learn with the skills, right, that you're going to learn through this program. It's like, yes, I think so. I think I can do it. Okay, do you think you can double that, right, in in a year? It's like, yeah, okay, I think I can. And at the end, she ended up uh, signing up, right? I should have called in the seminar and be like, hey, where's my commission? (laughs) But, (laughs) uh, like you said, it's it's true. And I... It's the same on, on the guys side of things, right? I do think some people, when you achieve a certain level and when you realize the value of investing on yourself, it becomes way easier because now you 
you have the identity of the person that wants to improve, right? The person that is willing to All invest the in themselves. But at first, just like you're saying, there's so much resistance because we are we have an identity that is like maybe scars on money, right? Or or, or mindset is not a, a, an abundant yeah. mindset. So to do that investment, we need to step into the new identity of okay, I am the person that is investing in myself and that I can improve. And there's resistance between those two, right? That that thing that you're calling resistance is that different between those two identities and it's very very challenging and i actually had this epiphany about two weeks ago i called my brother after a sales call i was like man i i remember this thing i heard in in a podcast this guy was talking about how he asked everybody who do you want to be right like like who do you want to be who do you want to become and i'm gonna hold you accountable of that person like if you act in not in accordance to who you're telling me you want to be I'm going to call you out, right? So this, I see this happening a lot in like sales calls. And I finally realized, right? That was the epiphany <laughs> that people were telling me like, yes, I want that. And I, and I want the platform and I want the podcast and I want to connect with influential people. But then at the time of making a decision, they were taking a decision with the identity of now that they had at the moment, instead of going to that place of, What would that person with the platform, with the connections, how would they make that decision, right? And it's my job to hold them accountable and tell them, hey, you want to be here. What is that? What do you think? What do you believe is the right decision for you to make, right? And again, that resistance is huge. But like you mentioned, we're doing this for them. If we don't do it, it's just a disservice at the end of the That's day. That's right. Yeah. So when you get those objections, you know, good for you, Fonzie, because you were staying present with that person, staying present with that person and holding them accountable to what they already said. I can't remember who said it, but there was um, a master coach who said, you can't coach on what your client doesn't say. Mm. So the whole process of having a discovery call or a sales conversation is to help your, your prospective client understand where are they now and how is that holding them back from where they want to be and what happens if nothing changes mm -hmm. and i love the way you reframed that well here's the person that you're becoming what decision would that person make in this situation or you, on the reverse side of that coin you could also say Um, you know, is this the th is has this type of thinking gotten in the way in the past? You know, has yeah. this prevented you from getting what you really want? And is this the type of thinking that you're bringing into this conversation right now? Yeah. And absolutely. so that's another way. Whatever works for you. There's no one perfect sales yeah. script. And I think the most important thing is that you're authentic and that you work on your sales skills. I think it's really important. And yeah. I gotta say, you know. Fonzie, when you opened this up, you, you made me sound like I had all of these rad skills <laughs> that I was bringing to this. I want you to know that I was petrified, petrified mm. to speak in public. Wow. So I had all these skills, but they were very introverted skills, market research, you know, yeah. product development was all behind the scenes. I was not up front. I did not love sales. So this is a learned behavior on my part. So if you mm. think I'm skilled at it now, then thank you very much. I worked very mm. hard and I yeah. and talk about coaching. 
I coach with a coach every year. It's my most precious decision is who I'm going to pay to be my coach this year. Wow. Love it. Because it's so important that someone bring you to the next level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, this is so good in, in many, <laughs> many ways. Um, I'm, I'm very curious. Why, why do you decide to publish, right? Because like you mentioned, uh, you know, the in, introvert skills, you worked really hard to, mm -hmm. to get to where you are now, right? Like I'm, I'm publishing is not easy for the majority of people, right? Like specifically uh, for introverted, specifically people. for introverted people, like for, you know, um, a little bit of our story is, uh, we're, I think we consider ourselves, well, Fonzie considers himself a weirdo. Um, <laughs> I, I could, no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, he considers himself an ambivert, right? Uh, like he can adapt oh, a little bit. And I consider myself a little bit more of an extrovert. Um, and personally, we never really had, I personally didn't really have an issue with the camera in my face. I had the issue with the camera in my face um, out there in public, right? Uh, so like online, it wasn't an issue. It was like when I was recording with people around me. Because uh, then you're the weirdo. Then people. I'm the weirdo. Uh, but but we've worked through that, right? And yeah. you know, today just an example where like in our team call and we we're just singing and, cra and doing this like crazy speech in the middle of a coffee shop and everybody's looking and like, hey, that's, that's me, right? But he came after like two years of doing this thing. Um, so what let you to, to publish consistently <laughs> like you like you are now because um, there's a lot of yeah. people in that in that position where like they're trying to fight that and be like okay I know mm -hmm. I, I know I need it I know it's necessary I know it's gonna help me but it's still I'm finding some resistance there yeah so I grew up in a different generation like flash alert I didn't have I didn't grow up with a cell phone in my hand so mm. I wasn't in high school and college taking selfies so uh, the reason why I gra gravitated toward podcasting was because I could speak <laughs> into a microphone and I didn't have to be on camera. And then, you know, I hire Adam Shibley to produce my podcast. He was like, you know what's really good, Deb, is if you get on YouTube and you, you publish your video as well as your audio and your podcast. And, you know, I have a social media agency that I work with, too. And they're like, Deb, you know, just do a reel. It's not easy. So here, let's break this down. There's a difference between self-esteem and self-confidence. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of self-esteem. I'm not always confident in front of the camera. And confidence is actually easier to overcome because self-esteem is like what you were talking about before, Fonzie, with like the, the scarcity mindset, the messages yeah. you got as a kid, the things that really weighed you down, right? Mm -hmm. And confidence is about doing things that feel hard that you've never done before. So I got confident speaking when I created a framework for closing clients through webinars. Mm. And once I realized that that framework really worked for me, then I just, you know, you haven't asked me yet, but how I doubled my business year after year after year was I just dialed in on what was working. And in 2020, everyone was asking, oh my God, who knows how to do a good webinar? I even built a course called Standout Webinars on how to give excellent webinars and close people every time you speak. Yeah. So all of that to say is that I was an introvert. I was on TV when I was five years old. I fell flat on my face. I was mortified. I was so embarrassed. Internally, I think I, I made a vow never to be seen again on camera. Yeah. Um, so you overcome that stuff. Yeah. And um, having good coaches is is how you do it. Yeah. I think it, I mean, I, I think it can boil, be boiled down to doing the reps, right? And having a being in the right environment that is massive as well. Because if you are surrounded surrounding yourself with people that 
do not publish, do not do any of the things that you want to do, the resistance is just going to get bigger, right? Like you, the, the human behavior automatically kind of like molds to your environment. So if we're putting ourselves with people that are not action takers and not willing to put themselves out there, that's what's going to happen, right? And that I think that's why the value of community lately has been, you know, soaring because people want to be either with a community that is going to level up, right? Or some people just want a community that is going to help them stay right where they are in their comfort zone. Um, and I wanted to transition to that. Like, how did you double your business every year for three years in a row, which is absolutely mind-blowing, and you already kind of mentioned there the the webinar, right? Can yeah. you can you guide us a little bit more, uh, a little bit more in depth, right? Maybe maybe I mean you can share all the secrets if you want to, <laughs> right? But the whole idea is for people to be like, wow, I want to experience wanna one of these webinars, right? So, what are some of yeah. the the key elements that people should look for when trying to implement a webinar strategy inside of their business? Well. Yeah, and if you want to learn the webinar framework, I'm actually doing a webinar tomorrow on the what? Uh, no, on the pricing masterclass. So tomorrow I do the pricing masterclass. Later on in February I do the um, convert clients when you speak webinar. But um, we can drop those links yes. later on mm -hmm. in your your group for people who want to do that. Absolutely. But webinars might not be your strategy, right? So the way you double your business is um, you have to. It, it goes back to dating. It goes back to the analytics of you know uh, paying for the A list on OKCupid and changing the criteria, including like maybe changing your zip code to get new talent in the pool. <laughs> it's, it's like dialing in on what works for you, looking mm. back at, you know, who are my ideal clients and where did they come from and spotting the patterns and, yeah. oh, they all came from, from that networking group I belong to. Well, let me spend some more time there and let me offer my services there. Maybe I can teach more on their curriculum. Um, What I noticed was when I had at least three speaking engagements a month on other people's platforms, that um, that was also important because it was beyond my warm audience. I mean, you can't deliver yeah. a webinar every month to your mailing list unless you're getting a lot of new new yeah. names and new contacts in on your mailing list. So you have to go out and you have to shop your skills around and say, hey, I can provide content. And you guys know the value of content. Yeah. When you're providing valuable content on other people's platforms, they're thrilled. Mm -hmm. So I realized that if I did that four times a month, that I would meet my revenue goals. And yeah. so that's how I dial that in. And by, by listening to the market, when my clients graduated from the launch lab, there were, and they had their products, packaging and pricing and messaging, they were like, Deb, how do I sell? And, you know, how do I grow a mailing list? And how do I start a podcast? And so that clued me in that I didn't want to put everything in that, that launch lab. So I created a year-long program called the Six Figure Accelerator. Yes. And the, the purpose of that program is to make six-figure growth predictable in your business. Yeah. So if you have a number, and the pricing calculator is great fun to play with, there's only three levers you can move. Number one, you can raise your prices. You can, number two, add a new product to your portfolio based on what your clients are asking you for. Yeah. Not put it into the old product, but create something new. And three is to dial in your sales and marketing. So 
you know, right now we know that um, people are responding to personal connections, right? So social selling is a whole new category of how to connect with prospects. But how many people are actually going out there and every time they do one of these speaking engagements, connecting with everyone who is in that event and connecting with them on Facebook or connecting with them on LinkedIn and starting a conversation as if you were having coffee Mm -hmm. at a coffee shop. Yep. Instead of going out and and sending someone a link and pitching them your stuff, yeah. it's mm-hmm. like, hey, it was so nice to meet you. What did you take away from that session? I'm just curious. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I mean, this morning I was going through the LinkedIn messages and there are probably like five of those. And I was like, yeah, not interested. Thank you. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, plot twist. That's the whole reason why we have the podcast, right? Is to increase the value of our network and make real strong relationships right with people like you deborah right that are successful in their field and we're like we want to connect and you know explore the relationship and see where this goes example adam right adam came on the show um i don't want to spoil a surprise so i'm not going to say exactly what happened after but adam was very happy and he started referring people to our podcast like man i got this guy he has this cool stash and he speaks amazing we're like awesome send him our way his name is brian Boger, right he became a really good friend of us now he came the other day he's like hey man um i got deborah here she's absolutely amazing she's super successful i was like introduce her to us right it's amazing and we had a previous call and then i was like you are absolutely amazing why don't you come to the show right and it's that is the whole point is to build those deep relationships that can lead to an opportunity right regardless of how how that opportunity looks like and it can be an opportunity for you right or it could be an opportunity Mm -hmm. for us or it could be an opportunity for both of us right and and it's that is is that age of deep deeper connections instead of just start yeah. blasting everybody i guess the challenge would be how do you make those deeper connections a little bit more at scale right and is that what you're working on right yeah. now yeah so um man i got a teaching point for every question you have <laughs> <laughs> perfect so this one is this one is uh, curate your referral network because what you just described is a referral network mm-hmm. and so you want to partner with people who share maybe the same ideal client audience, but they offer something different. And you partner with them, you do podcast swaps, or maybe you present to their audience, yeah. or you partner in some some other way. A couple weekends ago, it was so nice to be out in person. I live um, <laughs> 100 miles outside of New York City and partnered with a colleague of mine who is a leadership coach for women. And she has a Women's Leadership Academy and I have the Six Figure Accelerator and she loves to host events and she curates the whole experience. I love to create the content. She hates to create the content. So we were just a marriage made in heaven and we created this weekend event. We had this beautiful dinner at the National Arts Club in Gramercy Park in New York. And then we met at my co-working space and we did a day of mindset work. And it Mm. was, everyone was so blown away. They really enjoyed meeting each other. And here we've created a powerful referral partnership. And so that's kind of kind of the different partnerships you can have content partnerships, referral partnerships. Yeah. Affiliate partnerships. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, so powerful. 
Um, it, it's funny. A, a quick, quick, yeah, yeah, quick reflection here. It's <laughs> like, um, especially when we publish, right? Like for, for those that are already doing it or think about doing it, mm-hmm. um, sometimes we look outside to find these leads and people and like new, new people. And sometimes within our own network, we just like have to like turn around a little bit and be like, those are already there. Like, can I work on yeah. these relationships? Can I just like send them a quick message? Like, hey man, how's it going, right? Um, you know, for example, yesterday we sent a DM to uh, Kennedy, right? They do email marketing and different mm. things. And it was just a quick voice note. It was like, hey Kennedy, dude, thank you. Like, how's he going? He's from England, right? How are you guys doing? And they're launching all these things. And uh, and we're like, hey, by the way, like we're thinking about doing this thing. Can we jump on a 10 minute call to, to grab some feedback and, what to, and collaborate and see how we can do it? And it's part of the same audience, but those things sometimes we just we forget of the people that we've met, and we just have to turn around and just like say hello again, right? And and the, and the opportunity might be there instead of always trying to go outside and find new ways. Um, so you know, yeah. I, I just it was so close. Like it's happened this week a lot. We've been reconnecting with a lot of people, mm-hmm. and it's been great feedback, right? So uh, don't don't forget that too for those listening. Yeah, I think yeah. people want. Great point, Luis. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Deborah. Oh, sorry. I'm acting as host. <laughs> oh, no, no. Perfect. This is the whole point of it. Take, take over, take please. Over. <laughs> um, well, so if, uh, for people who are watching, uh, I just want to capitalize on what you just said and turn that into a teaching point, which is, you know, make a list of 25 people you already know in your network and make the ask. And next time yeah. you have an event coming up, you know, ask people to share for you, ask people to post for you, ask people to email to their network. Um, because, you know, if you want to make six figure revenue growth predictable in your business, which is where we started, then these are the things that you dial in and, um, you look at the things that are creating a distraction and have no return. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you're doing something, even a marketing strategy, but you're not getting any return on that effort. Uh, no ROE, then you stop doing that. And you just dial in your own behavior and your own focus. And I love what you said before, Luis, when you were like batching your tasks, because, you know, attention switching really costs you. Mm. So the last thing you do is you map out your CEO calendar, and you start for the whole year. So I'm geeking out on this book called Mm. The One Thing. Oh, so good. Have you heard of it? Yes. Uh, Yeah, we have it right here. That was actually one of the books that led us to this journey yeah this is probably one of the first books uh that i personally read about all of this and it was incredible so good yeah so good (laughs) so you know um it's not about all the things that you do it's about what is the one thing that Mm -hmm. really really matters that makes every other goal on your list easier or unnecessary yeah absolutely deborah this has been absolutely amazing i i really don't want this conversation to end (laughs) (laughs) but we're gonna put a bookmark right here and we're gonna come back for a part two one of these days but before we head out we have a few more questions that we always have nothing just two you said you say few and it's like 10 more it's more like three actually (laughs) but that's fine we will extend uh deborah first of all where can people find you? Where can people connect with you if they want to sign up to one of your amazing webinars, right? And, and learn all about this predictable growth and how they can grow their business. Where should they go? Yeah, so on any number of social platforms, the best way to find me is on LinkedIn. 
Um, there aren't a lot of Deb Boulangers out there in the world, and I'm pretty <laughs> recognizable. So um, Deb Boulanger, uh, listen to the Life After Corporate podcast. That yeah. would um, really make my heart sing. So if you love the business advice that we shared today, there's lots more of it on Life After Corporate. And um, yeah, that's the best way. My email box is not the best way to, <laughs> to reach me right now. It's a little overwhelming. But if you send me a message on social media and you say, you know, you heard me on this show, then I will be sure to respond. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you so much. That is absolutely amazing. Just don't pitch me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please don't. <laughs> yes. We're going to leave all the links at the bottom. So make sure you scroll down, tap them all. Even if you need to open five tabs and then subscribe to the podcast, <laughs> subscribe to the webinar, send her a message, not pitching her, right? And make and a also, real connection. And also, if you want that pricing calculator, yes. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Fonzie. Oh, no, Let's drop that in there. It's um, expertpricingcalculator.com. Expert is singular. There's no S. So expertpricingcalculator.com. Right. And um, if you want to download the Six Figure Growth Plan, it's um, sixfiguregrowth.com, I believe. Awesome. All right. Is that six spelled as I-X or a number? No, it's number six figure, F-I-G-U-R-E, growth.com. Perfect. All right. We're going to leave those links. Yeah. Guys, make sure you... Uh, get everything but more importantly instead of just collecting it and putting it in your hard drive make sure you use them because that's where the real value is because i know sometimes shiny object syndrome kicks in <laughs> and we just want to download a bunch of stuff and then we're complaining why my laptop is so slow i don't have any memory <laughs> you gotta use these things yeah awesome uh deb last i promise last couple of questions Fonzie <laughs> gets crazy with the questions at the end of the show so what is an action point for somebody that's like making that transition right there they're in the middle of like creating their thing they, they want to go full-time they're starting to publish too like they're they're going through these things what mm -hmm. is the one thing that they can do you know today or tomorrow to continue that momentum talk to your potential customers find out what worries them find out what their deepest desires are, find out what they've already done and what they want. In that conversation, if you take detailed verbatim notes of what they say, then you'll know what to publish. You'll you'll know what to create, what product to create, and you'll know the the intrinsic motivators for your ideal client audience. Yes. I, I love the little detail that you said there. Take detailed <laughs> No, sometimes we have these conversations and then it's like, it's like it never happened because like you maybe remembered like two or three f things and then you're like, oh, okay, this is awesome, but I don't remember anything. So that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you can record it, tr transcribe it if you, if you need to, yeah. there's, there's many tools, right? Yeah. There's many tools out there. I'm going to plug here something that, that we do. And if you have questions in regards to this, make sure you send us a message. We call it the PP board. Don't let your mind go there. Don't let your mind go there. Oh, it it, there. It's about pain and pleasure. Yes. And the whole thing is you're asking them what are their pains? What are the, the pleasures, right? Those objectives that they're looking for. And just like Deborah said, that can become literally all your content strategy. When you are sitting down and you're like, I want to create content, but I don't know what should I talk to. Guess what? You go to your PP board and you check one of those things and you said, I'm going to create a podcast episode on this pain that they have right now or on how they can achieve this pleasure. 
extremely valuable. So thank you so much for the reminder. Uh, we might have to change the name of that board. I, don't <laughs> no, know. I, I think I think people laugh and people so remember true. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so perfect. Now the very, very last question, and this is Honestly, a question that is like dear to our hearts. Uh, we ask it to every single guest. Very, very important. Deborah, where would you be if you didn't publish, if you didn't share your message? I would be in a desk job collecting a paycheck. Mm. That is. If I didn't. You said if I didn't. If I didn't. Yeah, if you yeah. didn't, yeah. Not. Yeah, I mean, without a message, there's no mission, right? You mm. know, how do you convey your mission, vision, values? How can you convey anything without your message? Um, you might as well just keep the paycheck. Yeah. Was that too harsh? That was no. that was so good. I, this is this is really what drives a lot of our publishing too. Like we look at these moments for us. Publishing has changed our lives. Um, is if it's you know, if worse comes to worse, it's the last thing to go. It's like this, like it will never go at, at some degree. Like, and uh, we often say to our team, like, you guys are safe. Like we like, this is like a lifelong thing. And uh, this might take different shapes and forms, but publishing is always going to be a part of our lives because it did change it for the better with it. Not only the people that we've met, but the amount of growth that we've experienced, mm -hmm. uh, the amount of traction, uh, it, it helped us finally hire people uh you know after five years of trying two years ago it was the first time that we were able to hire a team to do it it's helped us to like it's just incredible experience so far so for us it means so much and you know every time we ask this question we get a lot of people getting emotional right because it, it's a cornerstone of what they've done and and uh part of an integral part of their success and how they're growing every single day in their business yeah. and in their personal lives so thank you yeah i think it allows people to think Right, like you say, right? What is that scenario that what would have happened if I wouldn't have done this? And it also allows you to be grateful for what you've done, right? It's like, wow, mm. I've actually accomplished a lot. I've gone a long way. And transmitting that to the person that is listening right now is extremely important because they need to believe yeah. at the end of the day, they need to believe that they can be there as well, that they can be successful because if they don't believe it, then it ain't gonna happen. So thank you so much, Deborah. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. It was so much fun to hang out with you. Yeah, thank you. Is, is there anything else you want to add before we head out? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I think we we dropped a lot of gems. I guess I have the ultimate PP line headline, <laughs> um, and this was back when I was doing the dating coaching thing. It was how to meet the love of your life without going on a hundred bad dates. Oh, oh that's so good. good. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to clap, please. Yes, let's go. <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah, I think that's perfect wrapper right there. Thank you. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite platform and on social media at Least Bros Co. That is right. And if Deborah here help you move one step closer to your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.